Welcome to the War in Ukraine update from Kyiv podcast. I'm Jessica Ganawa, a lecturer in international relations at Flinders University in Australia, and I'm talking today with Suze Wilson and Toby Newstead. Suze is a senior lecturer at the School of Management at Massey University in New Zealand, and Toby is a lecturer in management at the University of Tasmania. Both Suze and Toby focus in their work on leadership, leadership characteristics and leadership during crisis. And Suze and Toby co-wrote a brilliant piece for the conversation on these issues in regards to President Zelensky of Ukraine. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So I'm really pleased to have an opportunity to discuss these issues on the podcast today. Thanks so much for joining me today, Suze and Toby. Thanks for having us. In your work, you really point to some of those less visible characteristics of leadership. Like we might think of leadership as something that has very externally visible impacts, but you're actually talking more also about character and virtues, which I found really interesting. So could you first of all outline for listeners, what is the connection between character, virtues and leadership? I think you were sort of you were sort of getting at, at a key issue when you said that we don't often hear conversations in the public domain about virtues and character. And, and we don't. Virtues are, you know, they, they have this sort of lingering connotation of, you know, they belong outside the realm of business and politics, which I understand where that sentiment comes from. But I actually I think it's time that we challenge and push back on that quite strongly, because at its simplest, what the connection is between virtues and character and leadership is that to lead well, we need to be good people first. And the goodness part of us, what makes us good people is our virtues. Virtues are the building blocks of of good character. And when we do find ourselves in times of heightened stress, so like crisis situations, we by default enact who and what we are. So our character comes through, which makes it even more important that in, in a crisis context, we do have leaders of good character. Mm -hmm. It makes so much sense to me, although it does seem like a longer and more difficult journey. Like that's not a quick fix or a leadership hack, right, to suddenly have certain character traits during a time of crisis. It's absolutely not a quick fix. It's not. It is absolutely something that we can talk about and teach and, and actively seek to develop in, you know, students of leadership and practicing leaders by all means. And anyone can consciously cultivate virtues within themselves. But it's not a quick fix. Virtues are, you know, by definition, they're habitual ways of being. So we only have virtue when we habitually and predictably demonstrate that virtue across, you know, a number of different situations and scenarios. So when we do develop it with practice and it does become a habituated way of being, then that's what will come through when when we're put under put under stress or put under fire mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes quite literally. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes when we are looking at leaders, we're actually instinctively trying to evaluate what their character is, even if we don't phrase it like that, that that's maybe the factor that's most important about a leader, but actually what provides that feeling of trust or confidence in a leader, I think does rest a lot on how we evaluate their character. What are we talking about, Toby? I know that this idea of virtues goes back many centuries in your work, what are some of those virtues that are important for leaders? Another really good question. A lot of the work that's happening 
currently in, in the space of leadership ethics and, and virtues-based approaches to leadership does come from an Aristotelian tradition. There's also an ancient tradition from Confucius and then also in, in other Indigenous ways of knowing and being. So I've done some work with some Indigenous Australian scholars who obviously have a 60,000 year living culture that also can demonstrate how virtues are a part of attributing leadership. So to say precisely what the virtues are is quite tricky, but for the purposes of, of our work and trying to pull out virtues, because they're not something that we talk about explicitly often, as I said, in, in the business and political domain. So to try to start pulling virtues out and bring them to the fore of, of our consciousness and, and the ways that we teach and develop leadership, we have begun to work with this framework of virtues that is informed by an Aristotelian perspective, a Confucian perspective, and then more recent work in sort of the field of positive psychology and virtue ethics. And those virtues sort of coalesce around a, a, a suite of, we call them higher order virtues, and they are courage, humanity, justice, temperance, transcendence, prudence, and wisdom. And a lot of those words sound quite old-fashioned. Each of these virtues then can be enacted and demonstrated and spoken about by sort of corresponding character attributes or, or lower level virtues. So instead of talking about transcendence, we might talk about meaning, purpose, values, vision, you know, so we have ways of talking about these virtues that are a little bit more familiar to us today. But yeah, those those seven virtues that we focused on in our work on Zelensky's leadership really are, are the seven that we think are key. Mm -hmm. If we do think about Zelensky, I mean, I was personally quite impressed by him as a leader. And I know some commentators were saying, oh, well, he's an actor. And I thought, well, sure, but he's putting his life on the line, like by him staying in Kiev, he was definitely seemed to me to be making a very brave move. And I've been impressed with a number of ways in which he's acted. So how can we sort of understand and evaluate Zelensky's leadership through that lens of virtues and character? In any person in a leadership role, what we're, we're trying to observe what their pattern of behaviour is. And the more that we can observe in different settings and over an extended period of time, the more confident we can become that we've understood, if you like, what their character strengths were. And, and we you know, weren't able to do that kind of in-depth analysis here. So what we did do, there was an extended interview that Zelensky did with a couple of journalists from The Economist. We just found actually his, his messages were kind of saturated with ideas that implicitly convey virtue. So as Toby was saying before, you know, when he talks about, you know, the suffering of his people and how terrible that is, he's in, a, in effect expressing the virtue of humanity. I mean, one of the things that is really noticeable in a lot of the statements he was making in the, in the interview is that he is weaving a lot of ideas together to generate a perspective that considers a lot of things and becomes, if you like, a wise stance to take. So, yeah, so he is reflecting wisdom, but also really prudence. We use prudence to discern which of the other virtues are most important to draw on at this moment in order that I act in the right way for the right reasons. And, you know, as he talks about how he's trying to respond to the situation in which he, he finds himself, his kind of immediate focus is around care for the people, so humanitarian issues, because it is very clearly a humanitarian 
crisis, but he's also quite analytic in how he thinks about that stuff. So he talks about what are the perspectives of the different allies that are supporting Ukraine in varying degrees and what might be driving that. He talks about, you know, what what kind of the perspective is from the the opposing point of view. So he, he becomes quite analytic in order to make sense of the wider wider perspective. And that and that's if you like illustrates prudence and wisdom. While there's if you like a strong element of heart that he brings with his humanitarian orientation, he then balances that with a strong degree of head to, if you like, almost quite clinically analyze what is going on here and what are the forces in support of what he's trying to do, what are the forces opposed I think what that shows is that while he's clearly emotionally invested in the situation, he's able to step back and look at it in a reasonably dispassionate fashion. And both of those actually matter. And one of the key ideas, I think, generally in in virtues is this notion of the golden mean of not going to excess. So courage, if you like, is the golden mean between recklessness on the one hand and cowardice on the other. The temperance issue, I think, is the stuff about keeping himself personally settled because it must it's hard to imagine what it must feel like to have the, the you know literally the survival of tens of thousands of your fellow citizens you know on your shoulders and to see people dying you know every, every day it must be incredibly difficult but he seems able to keep himself quite settled and that's the virtue of temperance and that really matters you don't want a leader overwhelmed by emotion you know mm-hmm. in a situation like that that's so interesting. Again, keeping that balance between heart, feeling the emotion, having the emotion, but it not overwhelming you. So also being able to have perspective on the situation. I remember also in that interview, I believe it's the same one that you were looking at. And I was quite impressed when he was asked, well, what do you think President Putin is going to do next or something of this sort? Or what do you think President Putin is thinking? And he said, well, I don't actually think that Putin's sees the same Ukraine that actually exists now in 2022. Like the, the, the Ukraine in Putin's head is not the Ukraine that exists in 2022. And I thought, gee, that's really taking a step back and taking some perspective in terms of making a comment like that about someone who's actually waging very violent conflict against your, your country in, in the present moment. So just getting back to the point that you were making, Suze, about being able to be in the situation but also kind of have perspective and understand it at the same time. And I think something that Suze has picked up on in terms of talking about Zelensky's temperance, we could see the way that he was embodying virtues as well as just speaking about virtues. And I think that the value of his, so if I use virtues language, of his prudence, his temperance, all of that kind of helps him be steady himself in the heat of everything that's going on and so you know while a lot of what he's doing that is really effective in terms of how he's leading his people so in his communication to people you know he's you can see kind of the care that is pouring out of him really how intensely he's feeling the suffering of his his people and that for his citizens to see that the leader cares so much is really important the way he honours their courage is really important. But then as he's trying to just figure out what he should do, that more, that bigger perspective, that helps him make those choices. And so the combination, I think, of, of both is what is allowing him to navigate this. Zelensky basically leaves the military strategy to others. 
does it appears to know that that's not his forte, and so he steps back and lets others make those decisions. So that's smart. But also, one of his colleagues had said, you know, and it goes back to his his previous career about an acting that you know sometimes he gets into an actor mode and he's far less effective when he does that and so we have to tell him just be yourself you know I found that really interesting that when he just plays to who he is that is when he is more effective um, so it speaks to it does speak to years of character development that's right and we do always sort of instinctively know when someone somehow we have that feeling of whether someone is really just being themselves or whether they're playing some kind of a part or trying to give us some kind of an image or an impression that's more curated. And I think we definitely always are more engaged by someone who we feel is really showing their own true character. Thank you, Toby and Suze. I've really enjoyed the conversation into these issues, which I find are not only interesting, but also very important, particularly as we're watching something like a full-scale war, which is obviously a very critical moment in Ukraine right now, and seeing the impact that good leadership, as I believe Zelensky has really shown good leadership during this time, and what kind of impact that can actually have also on shaping the trajectory of the situation. So thanks for joining me for the discussion today. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Mr. Smith for our theme music. Mm-hmm.